Hey, Sales of Nation, it's your host, Tyler Lindley. Today, I have Jocelyn Qual on the podcast. Hey, Jocelyn, how are you today? Hey, Tyler, I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Jocelyn is the Senior Director of Marketing and Sales Development at Reside out in Woodenville, Washington. And today, we are going to be talking about sales script. Uh, can I call you Joss or Jocelyn? I guess. <laughs> We're good friends, so I'll probably call you Joss throughout. But Jocelyn, sales scripts, like where do you land on sales scripts? I know you've had an evolution about how you personally have approached sales scripts coming from a marketing background and now leading sales development. Where do you land on sales scripts? Yeah, where I started on sales scripts is a four letter word for me, I'm not gonna lie. And to your point, in the last six months, come a long way on them and I find them pretty important. In fact, I think one of the first questions you asked me when we started working together, how do you feel about scripts? And I was like, love them. Let's do it. So (laughs) I started as unsure about scripts because I think it can make people sound robotic and monotonous. And from a marketing perspective, you have to talk to people in a way that works for them and you want them to want to like you and to buy from you. So I was a little bit nervous and weary of scripts. But I think I've come to the conclusion it really happens like it's related to what you do with said script and being able to craft a message and then having you understand it and work with it, I think is really what's key and important. Totally agree. And when we think about scripts, I feel the best, they are a great fit for people that are, especially folks newer to sales, because it's good to give some direction. I read this one time, who would you rather be dictating the message? Somebody who just started at your company a week ago or people that have been there for years who really understand the background of your company and the ICP and the buyer persona? Who do you want building that messaging? It's obvious like you want somebody that's experienced. And so did you play a hand in that having had, you've been at Reside now for a little while now. Did you play a big hand in those scripts and that development? Yeah. So it'll be seven years in December, which sounds like a lifetime to me at this Mm -hmm. point. But yeah, I've played a pretty key role. So from crafting kind of the branding and the message of our portfolio brands and our company, and then just trying to adapt the value proposition and the direction that the execs want to go to into a way that the sales team can use that to speak to a variety of clients in a way that works and that they can make their own. And then with the SDR team, obviously, like working to craft that into short, quick hit. What's your elevator pitch? I don't know how many, you tell me how many seconds we have on the phone, five to get someone's attention. So how do you get that point across really quick without losing someone, but keep the essence and the value of the brand intact? Exactly. Yeah. And you only have a few seconds. You've got to have something there punchy on the front end. Obviously, it's not just the words. It's also how is your SDR team communicating those words as well. As you've built out the sales development team there at Reside, how did you introduce those scripts? And then how did that process go of making sure that they're not only like saying the words, but saying the words in the right way? Well, I think obviously it's a big partnership and a lot of work we did you know, with you to really make sure we we're using the right buzzwords and getting there quicker. I like to tell stories so I could talk all day, but we don't have that much time. So <laughs> in order to get that essence across, like we have the handbook, we have the important scripts, we did the training and the coaching up and ran through it. And you guys did a ton, a ton of role play that really comes into it and running it over and over and over again. And honestly, I can't tell you the amount of times we sat back and we're like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like you make it your own. Does this feel right? Are you sure this feels right? Really and like honing that and drilling that down with our the SDRs or with Al in this case. And yep. I think it's just really important to run through that until it becomes something that makes sense. And always remembering that no matter how long you've been at it, I think it's important to run through that again. Does it still sound right? 
Are we in tune with what's happening? There's a pandemic out there. Do we need to adapt anything? Are we tone deaf? Are we approaching our target market or our prospective clients correctly? And I think it's important to always stay nimble and flex on the message that's going out there. I totally agree. Yeah, I always tell new reps that these are the words we're saying today. Don't get stuck on the words because the whole world's going to change and then you're going to be saying different words. And COVID was definitely a great example of that. Everything changes. Like People leave jobs, the industry changes, the company pivots and is selling a different type of product or to a different person. So you can't get stuck on the words and it should be dynamic. How have you introduced probably an initial script to to your new SDR, but then how have you evolved that over time? What does that evolution of the script look like? How has it remained dynamic at Reside? The sheer nature of building up a sales dev team from starting in April, and we're sitting here like end of a couple months later, mm-hmm. made me go back through the paces again, right? Made me like reposition it, think about the value proposition. Where's the company today in 2021? Where is hospitality, travel? What are we doing? What's realistic? Where are we trying to go? So what are we saying today versus how are we without excluding what we're doing tomorrow, I guess, if you will. And so running through those paces again and being in charge of kind of crafting that bounced it around quite a few times. And I'm going to be honest, like, I was like, Hey, you say this, he said it. I was like, that's not right. Like, Make that back. Let's try that again. And then I think it's really important to, do you believe what you're saying? Like, do you understand what you're saying? Because you're still new here. So even in your first 90 days, your first six months, like really starting to get comfortable with what you're saying. I think that was a huge focus for us too with the new SDR team. And lastly, my biggest thing is who are you talking to? Take the potential client out of the equation. Act like you're talking to your neighbor, your grandma, your mom, your dad. It could be anyone, like someone who's not in the industry. What do you do for a living? What are you selling? Stop selling, start talking to people like they're human beings. And I think at the end of the day, you could say anything you want. Now, obviously, from a marketing perspective, I need you to stay on brand and on message. But from a sales perspective, we're all human. So talk to someone like human. And, you know, that's half the battle, in my opinion. Exactly. And that helps us to sound less scripted, less robotic, which can be an issue because I think newer reps, especially like SDRs are typically newer to sales. They can, they want to be by the book. I want to do everything just right. Whereas do you think that they should say, should your SDRs on your team, do you want to be word for word? Or is it more of a, is a script, more of a guidance? Like, hey, this is a theme of what I want you to say, but then make it your own. I think it's funny the way you ask that, because from a marketing perspective, I'd say like capture the essence and then a couple like key things like cost savings, time, right? Like the big buzzwords that I don't care who you are and what business you're in. Like you want to make more money. You want to save money. You want to save time, right? You want to work more efficiently, smarter, not harder. But at the same time, from a sales perspective, like there are just certain things that work, right? Like the numbers don't lie. The tactics don't lie. The strategies, like when I was tasked with building up the sales dev team, I started reading and like throwing myself into research. And it, it's hard to argue with research. It's hard to argue with every company has done X and they're successful because of it. So when it comes to a script, especially on the SDR side of things, like Like how you kick off your call, that upfront contract, asking permission, those types of things. Those are like the hardest things I feel like our new SDRs challenge you on. Almost like, oh, it just doesn't feel right. I don't know. I'm not comfortable with it. No one enters the conversation. If we go back to my example of talking to your grandma, you know, hey, grandma, do you have five minutes? No one talks like that in real life technically but it works. And it's just a matter of sheer respect. Like marketing and sales is about hitting people in the right way, hitting people at the right time so that they hear your message. 
SDRs, you're likely hitting people with the right message. Hopefully, if you've done your prospecting, but it might not be the right time. So asking that permission upfront is just so important and key. So I think that's one of the biggest, most important parts of the script. And if I'm being candid, like in the first 90 days or however far I am into this program now, the areas where the SDR pushes back the most is probably the most essential because it's probably the most uncomfortable, which means that's likely the missing piece of the puzzle that you really need to hone in and get so that you can improve your prospecting efforts, your calls, your activity, et cetera. Yep. I totally agree. And you bring up a good point there about I, like, I like asking for permission just because I feel like it's, and I am from the South. Yeah. So maybe it's just how I was raised. Open the door. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, please. But, but it's, I just feel like it's courteous. Cause like you said, like when we're doing like, when we're doing outbound, we are interrupting someone and we don't know if there is that time. And I feel like if you don't have the time, if you don't have the permission, like you think about permission marketing with Seth Godin back in the day, if you don't have the permission to pitch to someone, then that pitch is probably going to fall on deaf ears. So you can just ram through without it. But if they're just zoning out and they're going to, you know, zone off, then is that even worth, is that the right time to be giving that? Yeah. Even like the upfront agenda, God forbid you spend 30 minutes on the phone and talk to someone, you get to the end and they're like, that's not at all what I thought we were doing here. Or that's cool, but I have all these other questions and you were completely off the mark. There's no point, like I've told my SDR team, like, it's a conversation for a reason. You need to be adding value to the person you're talking to. You need to leave that person better than you found them. And if you're not doing that, even if it's not a fit at the end of the day and you've qualified them out, it's all about being human, right? It's all about de like developing those relationships. So if you're not leaving them better than you found them, then you have not done your job, even if you qualified them out as not a qualified opportunity. That's fine. I'd rather you qualify out and have people like, oh, I know so-and-so or oh, so-and-so is moving or everyone works for someone. So that's the other thing we can't forget is it's so much about who in this and in, just in industries in general and business. So you never know, like that person on the other end of the line might not be the right person for you and the solution that you're selling or the services that you're selling, but someone they know most likely is. Yep. No, I totally agree. And you talk a little bit about, like, you're starting to allude to, there's different types of scripts, right? Like we've been talking about the cold call script, obviously, as someone's making a cold call, it's the first time they've ever spoken to them. There's also the discovery call. And and we've been, we've been working on like the upfront contract and setting that agenda, setting kind of the parameters for the call. I feel like it's just as important to have a script in both settings, right? Whether it's a cold call or a discovery call or a follow-up call. Do you think scripts are effective in all of those calls or, or what are you, where do you stand on that? I think scripts are effective in the sense that there's a certain, for our business at least, there's a certain level of qualifying that needs to happen to decide, you know, how we can best serve the client. And if we haven't decided that, then there's really no point in this first-day relationship because there's no way for us to add any value to what you're doing. So I think scripts are important because there are certain key things I need my SDRs to find out before we can pass something over to sales in order for me to feel like we are doing our job. That being said, if you're just trying to hit five qualifying questions and you're not listening to what the person is saying on the other end of the phone, or they've already answered it in passing and you're not reacting to what they're saying, you're not actually having an actual conversation, you're just trying to hit your mark. At that point, I'm also equally uninterested, right? <laughs> in having and listening to your discovery calls. Because at that point, my coaching, my coaching is going to be like, well, wait, cool. You answered five questions, but do you know what they need? You got what you wanted from them, but what did they get from you? So I, I think to that end, yes and no is my answer on scripts. Like I still feel like a script done the wrong way 
is a waste of time. A script used as a tool and an, and an asset used in the right way adds value. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. And I think for me, scripts are so important in setting the tone for the call. If you can right. use a script to set the tone for the cold call or to set the tone for the discovery call, like on the front end, setting that upfront contract, asking for permission, giving like a pitch and starting a discussion, like that to me is where scripts are most effective. From there, it becomes, I think, Scripts become a lot looser once you get past that intro of the call. But for me, the intro is the biggest part. If we can just like figure out why we're here and do we have time and space for this conversation and here's what we're trying to accomplish, whether it's a cold call or discovery call, that's half the battle, right? If you can teach an SDR how to do that or an AE or whoever, then that's like a great place to start. At least they're starting the conversations right. If they screwed up from there, they can work on that. But I feel like starting the call and starting the conversation in control of the call is important. And it's tougher, I think, for some newer SDRs to learn how to do that. For sure. Yeah. Well, so in, in, in our worlds in general, we're typically always in marketing and sales, you're always asking for permission in some way, right? Whether you're adding someone to an email marketing list, you're always giving them an opportunity to opt out if you are are the only thing that might not quite ask for permission in the marketing world. And I'm sure it's a heated topic, so I don't want to broach it too far, but those dang pop-up ads, you get to a website and you're like, Hey, hey, sign up for my newsletter. Thing. It's right in your face right? now. And then yeah. you're like searching for the, the X, like how do I close out? <laughs> it's always hidden like, too, right? It's like the same color as everything else. You can't well, really I see Well, I swear it. sometimes people have built them so that they show up maybe 10 seconds right after. So you're sitting there for 10 seconds and I'm like, and it's smart. I'm a marketer. I fall for my tricks all the time. So I'm like, super <laughs> oh, do I need this? Should I put my information in here? Absolutely. And then I also, you also sit back and wonder what behavior did I I do before this that showed you some sort of buying sign or at least an engagement sign? How did I engage with you in some other platform or medium that let your website know to serve up this pop-up right now that I cannot get off my screen? And I think that's sales too, right? We're calling on lead lists that somehow, somewhere be engaged with us in some way. And, or you're prospecting. So you're not calling Joe Schmo down the road who you hope has to relocate X amount of employees on a global scale. And you just hope we have the tools and resources now to be smart about how we do it so that we're not insulting people by reaching out to them who literally never in a million years need our services, right? So. Yeah, exactly. Which that to me comes back to identifying who's our ICP, who's our buyer persona, and then setting up those buying signals. What is that, those intense signals, the buying signals, or they interacted with us five years ago, whatever that looks like, you're reaching out with some context. In that sense, should anybody really be a truly cold lead anymore? Should everybody be at least lukewarm? Or do you think like there is still room for like truly just cold outreach? Should everyone be lukewarm or what do you think? That's a good question. I think that everyone's probably a little lukewarm. They'll act cold. <laughs> I don't know why you're calling me. No, I don't. I think people are probably lukewarm nowadays, especially if we're doing our job. I think that there's definitely room for data dumping and other things like trying to hit some numbers and trying to make things look good. I do think that that is a behavior, right? There's a lot of like cleanup sometimes that has to happen. And especially post-pandemic, we're in hospitality, right? We're in a, a mobility world, a world of relocation. So you can imagine that the landscape in August of 2021 looks very different than it did in August of 2019. So everyone's dealing with those changes. And so whether it's a data input error or whether it's to your point you alluded to earlier, just mobility within the industry, just changes, growth changes, unfortunate changes, right? Everyone's in this like new normal that whatever we're calling it now. So there's just a lot of people that are on the move. But again, even if you hit someone who's no longer somewhere, we've seen it before with the SDR, like he's getting referred to someone who might've taken his job or to someone else within the company. So 
just be human. Talk to someone like you, like you want to talk to them and add some value and you'll reap the reward of that no matter what, even if someone's like, I don't have time for you right now. So. Yeah, hundred percent. One thing I want to make sure we touch on is the fact that you were just a marketing leader and then you added sales development as well. So now you're doing both marketing and sales development. Talk to me about that transition to doing both. Uh, was that natural for you? I and mean, just what was that like? And then what is your day-to-day like? Like, how do you split up your time, your duties now that you own both marketing and sales development in your organization? Yeah. So I've been here. I would say that being in marketing, I I consider myself in sales regardless. I just think it's important to be able to have a conversation with people, talk about what you do every day. I naturally ask a lot of questions and actually talk a lot too. So I didn't feel like in my day-to-day, that's just what I do as a person. But from the marketing side of things, I've been traditionally marketing and then we've had a sales team. I've always worked obviously very closely with them because I believe marketing's job is to help sales knock the door down versus detract from the sale. Like at no point do I want the website or the flyer that's pretty old school or the email or the digital campaign to kill the sale for sales. Uh, you want to enhance it or be like, oh, I've heard about, about you or you're the damn pop-up ad that won't go away. <laughs> so I've always worked very closely with them. And then in the last year after when I came back, after quarantine, we came back to the office, there wasn't a lot of too much marketing going on for us. So I was helping with us revising like our go-to-market strategy for this year and our sales, like our client demos and pitch decks. And to that end, the infamous script for sales, which I pushed back on quite a bit. So this is back in like January of 2021. And I think like where we gravitated towards was more of like the talk tracks that associated with how we were positioning a messaging and our brand mission on these slides. So associating graphics and visual representation of data with the message behind the scenes and then the talk tracks to go with it. And then as we were doing that and going through our sales team, all demoed the executive team just to test the message, test the slides and just really see where if we had any gaps. I felt like the biggest gap was just a knowledge gap. And I felt like people sounded really relatively scripted on that first round. And I felt like we were fielding a lot of questions from the team about different developments that we're doing, like our tech and APIs and, and different value props and how our supply chain works and all these different things. So I just took on the responsibility of having everyone send me their questions and going to the various departments internally to get those subject matter experts and then trained up or at least imparted knowledge or just allowed for that open environment for them to ask whatever questions they wanted to without any judgment and just try to train up. And in doing so, I just started to, I don't know, demonstrate value and just show up in a different way than I had prior to this. So then our fiscal year started in April and I was promoted and given the chance to start sales dev, which I know sometimes, most times I think sits under sales and this time now sits under marketing. So I just like to think that all lead gen and growth demand effort now sits under me. And so we'll take you from a perfect stranger to lukewarm, to warm, qualify and pass off to the sales team. So that's how I got here. And what is the, how has the sales team reacted given that sales development didn't really exist, right? There was just marketing and sales and then you created sales development to live in between the two groups. Has that been a pretty good transition for the sales team? Have they been excited about it? Has there been some conflict or anything or what does that look like? No conflict. Everyone's been pretty excited. Our SDR team is also like a pretty great team if I can speak highly for my team. (laughs) 
But no, it's been pretty good. Obviously, like a little bit of a learning curve just because we've all, everyone's still prospecting and qualifying their own accounts and working through that. But we have one dedicated SDR whose sole mission is to just crank through daily activities. And we've seen quite a bit of success, like in our first 30 30 years, not quite, in our first 30 (laughs) days in the SDR program, he's able to add 7 million new qualified opportunities to the pipeline, which has been great. And so it's just in an industry that obviously was so impacted by the pandemic and that continues to be with mask mandates and vaccines and border closures and everything, it's nice and it's a breath of fresh air to see that the demand is actually still out there. You just have to get to them and you have to get to them first or you have to get to them with a better value prop or you just have to get to them and add any value and just talk to them, right? And just see what they need. So I'm good. Yep, 100%. Totally agree. Josh, thanks so much for your insights today. How can my listeners find you online if they want to learn more about you? Yeah, no, thanks for having me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jocelyn Paul. And yeah, you can check us out on staywithreside.com as well if you have any global mobility needs. Perfect. One of my teammates will reach out to you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we will link to both of those in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Joss uh, on LinkedIn, definitely connect with her. Thank you so much for joining, Jocelyn. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tyler. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas, plus action equals results. You've got new ideas, now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.